It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on this Monday. It's the Guy Benson Show from D.C. Glad to have you here every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern. Podcast is always free. Should you miss any of the live program, GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcasts.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy broadcast week ahead on the TV side. We'll bring you some of those details tomorrow from New York. Speaking of the New York area, at least, producer Christine has moved. She has packed up her belongings at Eyesore Lane, which might actually get a bit of a facelift now that all of her inflatables are gone. And she's moved into an apartment. And the closing on the house is tomorrow. This is all very exciting. However, Christine, when I asked you about this today, your reaction was not one of happiness or relief or looking forward to the future. It was more about trying to recenter yourself due to some strife, I guess, on the home front because moves can be stressful. They can strain relationships. Is everything okay? Mm. Well, let's just say I was happy, really happy to come to work today. So that should just say it all, don't you think? Wait, but are you are you not happy to come to work? I, listen, most days I, to come I, see your best friends. I love coming to work, but you know what I'm saying? Like people don't normally like get up on a Monday and going, "Woohoo! I'm about to commute to New York City," and you know, try to make it safe to my office and you know work all day and get back. Like usually, it's like, oh boy, you know, I I was very happy. To, I think Bobby. You actually strike me as the type of person who is that way. You pop out of bed, not pre dawn, like War Wyatt. I mean, can you imagine his wake up time, by the way, during War Wyatt era? It's, it's, he's up, he's up at 4 30 on a normal day, like on vacation (laughs) to relax on a Sunday. He's up at 4 30 on a constitutional to go pick up a paper copy of the Wall Street Journal at a train station, I would imagine. For some reason, I think that makes sense. And a cup of coffee. And War Wyatt, I mean, I'm not sure he sleeps. I think he sits on his phone and personally is responsible for the ticker at the bottom of the screen. 24-7. He's like, you give that to me. I'm going to do it. I don't know why I went off on that tangent. Oh, because I can picture you getting up a little bit later at like 6.30 a.m. and getting a coffee, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, excited for the work week, physically skipping to the bus, all excited bursting onto the scene at Fox News up there in New York, calling out to all of your friends who strangely look the other way or disappear through doors or into elevators, and just ready to go get them for the week. That's I mean, that's the vibe I get. Yeah, you're not that far off. I do, you know, have my people <laughs> I always talk to. You know, I'm always, yeah, yeah you're not that far off. But it, it was a rough weekend, uh, not as smooth or as much fun as I thought it would be, Bobby and I definitely. Well, moves are not fun. I thought it was going to be easy and fun. I really did. Mm-mm. No, why would you think that? Um, Just because we're like, it's a new chapter in our life and we're excited and, you know, we're not moving a lot of our furniture. And But boy, um, I dropped the ball on a couple of things that really didn't start the Saturday off so great. And oh, is that an admission? Did I just hear an admission? Yeah, of- I mean... I, Guilt, I, apparently, perhaps? you need some sort of certificate of insurance in order to move furniture into an apartment building, because you can't just like go in there. Because what if like the movers, you know, dent something or scuff d- up the walls? Yeah, or I didn't know something. that. Nobody told mm. me that. And apparently, it was in the lease, and I should have read it. But what, the lease is like how many pages? I'm not going to read the whole entire thing. Who reads the whole thing? Well, I mean, you're you're at least conceding some culpability here. So there were some snags it sounds like and bobby was annoyed and yeah this it, ratcheted up the pressure that already existed because of the nature of this life event moving is very stressful borderline traumatic yeah and by by last night we were just both done so i 
I went back because we still have the house. I went back to the house and I just put my earphones on and I don't I don't think I ever told you. Did you, you sleep on the floor? No, just, we have a bed. Just an empty house, a total empty house <laughs> no, it's not because... and cookie <laughs> no. in the middle of the living room with a giant box of mama's juice. I did get a box of wine. I'm not kidding. So you are right in that. I did get the box of wine because <laughs> all the bottles of wine are, have been moved. So I just went and got a box. I'm like, honestly, just like I just need a solo cup and the spigot and I'm fine for the weekend. Did your uh, psychic warn you that this would be so difficult? Because she got the month wrong of your move, by the way. Did she warn that this might be coming down the pike? Or maybe she didn't have the opportunity because you haven't paid her even more money to make no, things up. No, she didn't. But what I did do to center myself is a few years ago, I um, did four sessions of hypnosis. And so oh boy. Um, during those hypnosis things, I found my angel or my spirit guide. His name is George. So, like, I put the hypnosis tapes because she recorded it. So I put those Wait, on and I just, like, laid like down. Like the angel from It's a Wonderful Life? Well, it's just, you can say spirit guide. I say angel, but, like, George is my person. So Dan, I don't know why Who you're is, laughing. Why is Dan laughing? Is, because, I mean... Uh, the audience knows. The audience knows. So, I'm sorry, who is George? George is my angel. Um, mm. in and my, how did you meet him? It, it, when I was hypnotized, he came yeah. to me. So, he's like my person. I think either he uh -huh. was my past life husband or um, someone very influential in my life. He, 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 When I see him in my hypnosis, he's like from the 70s. So, it's like kind of hippie. Um, I have like a Wait, whole picture of him in my mind. Look, I am not an expert at all on hypnosis, but I was unaware that you have visions, right? I thought that you were still yourself, but you would just admit to certain things. I didn't realize that you would see supernatural beings. And this is a stranger? You're saying this person was a stranger? Well, I, 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 in my hypnosis, I knew him. Like, you know, I was flying at one point and like George was cheering me on. This is real too. I don't, I tried to explain this to Bobby in the car ride home that day and he just like, He's just like, whatever. I can't believe I'm paying now, this amount of money for this. Just just to confirm, this was, you were hypnotized. Yes, I'm hypnotized. You were not given hallucinogenic no. drugs. No, she was doing a sound. Where you're flying and your special angel spirit, George, was cheering you on. And I, this it, sounds it was during like, a sound I don't know, bath. an acid trip? It was during a sound bath, too. Like, she plays things, mm. you know, like the bowl and everything. But anyway, George is giving me. I don't, I don't know what any me... of that just meant, what you just said. Oh, the bowl and the sound bath. Yes, mm -hmm. of course. Please go on. So George gives me sometimes, like, just calmness that I need. So I'm not really sure who he is in my life, but I just know who he is. That's why, don't you remember when I wanted to buy a racehorse this summer with my sister? Remember? I do. And I wanted to name the horse George after my— yeah, we didn't want to let you anywhere near anything that resembled a horse for obvious reasons, as long-term listeners know, but we don't have to get into that. Yeah, but remember I wanted to name him George, and you said usually a horse, a racehorse is not named just George? Yeah. Yeah, that's Actually, why. Like a middle-aged man. <laughs> Dan So so I hang on so you summoned you summoned George yes. this weekend is yes. that what happened? Yeah, okay. I put the How tapes did on. Did, did I felt, he help? Yeah, I felt calmer and I felt like I was ready to like to tackle more and not rip my husband's head off cuz that's what I really wanted to do. Mm. But I'm well, calm I now. would much rather I would much rather you talk to an imaginary friend it, no. than commit homicide. Because I mean, War Wyatt has really made a lot of strides. I'm not sure if he's ready yet to transition into the executive producer role just yet. And so well, we why? can't have you arrested for a felony. You, yeah. I mean, that'd really be some Anna Delvey <laughs> sort of channeling oh, there. So oh, this is for of, the best. Speaking of very quickly, um, I have to shelve the whole Anna Delvey thing. That, oh, uh, your, your whole accent? Yeah. One of my friends even texted you. She's like, your accent is pretty good. Yes. Um, for, uh, my daughter really thought it was very funny. And then... I overheard she was playing a game of Monopoly with two of her friends, and she had more money, and then she told them they were all paw. So, um, oh, like that they, they looked poor. Yeah, which is one of the pa. okay's. So you're now you're now retiring that character. I think I have to. Have you told her about George? Yes, yes, she was in the car the day I came out of the hypnosis when I told Bobby, and she, her and Bobby, you know, just laugh at mommy, just like they always do. <laughs> but that's another day, another subject. And I would imagine Bobby would have a very different take on all of this. Well, Bobby's take is always, how much did this cost me? You know? So $400 a session doesn't make Bobby happy. 
Well, I'm talking about the move and oh, you wanting to rip oh, his head Oh, I thought we were off. still on the hypnosis. <laughs> well, it all kind of plays into the same theme, honestly, but I would imagine that this was more difficult and more expensive than he was hoping or anticipating. So he would probably say your frustration with him was maybe unfounded or not as justifiable perhaps as what he might be feeling? Yeah, no, I, I don't, I mean, besides that one mistake, I don't think I did anything wrong. Actually, I felt like I was the head leader of the move. I felt like I was the one in charge, not him, and that's not usually how it goes. Um, he obviously feels differently, so I don't know. Go talk to him. So you're fully moved in, though. The The apartment is now where you will sleep tonight, I hope and imagine? Um. Not we'll a, see. Not a Motel 6 or <laughs> we'll something? We'll see how the two of us are doing when I get home. <laughs> we have okay, the well. house for one more night. We have to be out by noon tomorrow, so we'll see. Well, I'm rooting for peace to come to our time in this household. A truce you guys can make up. Have exciting times with the new apartment and all the furniture starting to arrive and all of that. And if you ever need someone to intercede and help, I'm sure George will be ready at your beck and call Apparently, just put on the tapes. And what, would you, what did you call it? The the hand bowl? The water the sound bowl? Bath. Something like sound the sound bath. bath. There, there, the sound bath. Just, just conjure the sound bath and George will roll in. Uh, well, that is, look, it's stressful no matter who you are, no matter how you're doing it. Even if you have hired professionals who take care of every single thing, it is still a stressful process. So this too shall pass. Congrats on the new spot to you and Bobby and Megan and even Rosie. And I would also add... George, yet another member of this family that we hadn't met yet, and another layer of the onion is peeled back once again on a home stretch about producer Christine, whom I will see tomorrow and Wednesday up in New York doing the show from the Big Apple. I've got some TV responsibilities upcoming, and we will tell you all about them right here tomorrow, same time, same place, on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Home stretch, Guy Benson show. A couple months ago, we had John Andrasik here on the show, who is the lead singer of Five for Fighting, and he had written and performed a protest song about Afghanistan and the abandonment of Afghanistan and all those broken promises. And we played you the song here. We talked to him about it. He sent me last night a new song that he's written in praise of an ode to President Zelensky in Ukraine. They played it on Fox and Friends this morning. I want to play some of it for you here on the home stretch. Here is a tribute to the leader of Ukraine from Five for Fighting. Who is this comedian? His audience more mass than men. The Superman Ukrainian? I don't know. Great grandson of the Holocaust, an Eastern heart the West has lost. Mail or carry up his cross, I don't know. But he's got everyone thinking. Yeah, he's got all of us thinking. Can one man save the world in a thousand years? You can check that whole song out online. That's John Andresek, and he sent that to me earlier, and I wanted to share it with you. In the meantime, before we go, I just had to take note, Mediaite reporting earlier, that Anna Delvey, the fake heiress and scam artist that we've talked about on this show, Inventing Anna is this big hit show on Netflix, the actual fake Anna Delvey, she has a different last name in real life, has been released from custody and deported back to Germany. And I will simply point out that mysteriously, producer Christine is off today. I know she says she's closing on the house or whatever that excuse might be, but she does a whole impression of this young woman. She's a big fan. I don't know. She also 
was talking about maybe getting sucked into the manipulations of Anna Delvey. I wonder if she's accompanying her back to Germany or even more likely the home of her ancestors, Russia. I'm mostly joking. I'm not quite sure what this conspiracy involving Christine is. I haven't mapped it out fully in my mind yet, but I just I just had to point it out that this happens on the same day. And we are approaching St. Patrick's Day. Christine out again. She was out last year around this time. Look, they're just questions. I'm just asking questions. That's all. And we will pose perhaps those questions tomorrow. Should Christine deign to join us back on the program? Should she show up for work tomorrow? We'll see. I'll be here in New York. Will she? Tune in to find out. Same time, same place on The Guy Benson Show. I'm on Gutfeld tonight, 11 Eastern on Fox News Channel. See you there. Back here on the radio tomorrow. Have a great night. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show on this Wednesday from New York City. I'll see you tonight on Kennedy, Fox Business, 7 p.m. Eastern. Looking forward to sitting down with her face-to-face. We had dinner last night, which was lovely, and now we'll do the work thing together. GuyBensonShow.com, our website here. Podcast always free, the entire show every day on demand. No charge to you. Well, producer Christine is now back, and she's here in New York, as am I, so we caught up just a little bit. A couple things here, Christine. Number one, you were off yesterday, and there were a few theories. I know you said that you were quote-unquote closing on your house or whatever, but on Monday, you texted the team in our group text saying that you went back and you listened to the show on the podcast, and you felt that you sounded, quoting you here, like a crazy person. In the home stretch, and I'm wondering, did you really just call out on Tuesday out of shame? You just you couldn't show your face around here because I don't know, you overshared about your hypnosis? No, it's not about oversharing. I I feel like you led me down a path that I didn't intend to go down, and I didn't explain <laughs> George the way I should have. George, your spirit animal that you saw in a vision? My spirit guide. My angel. Uh, I'm no, 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 you're doing it again. No, there's no, a, there's no leading here. <laughs> These are all things just like in hypnosis. Everything you're saying you want to say. I just felt that I sounded uh, crazy and maybe it's time to take a step back from the home stretches. So I will be just enjoying the three of you talking today. Okay, let's see how that goes. Second thing is, did you see the Anna Delvey news yesterday that she was deported? Were you in fact closing on your house or had you handcuffed yourself to the airplane in protest to try to keep your hero here in America? I booked myself on the same flight with her so I could I could sit with her. You're like right behind her. She, of course, would somehow have gotten you to pay for her to be in first class. Right. And you would be <laughs> and you would be occasionally sneaking up to first class to little like make little comments to her. She'd probably go away. Yeah, she you're, would. You're she not would, the VIP. She would wave you away. The curtain. See the curtain? It's closed. Get out. She has been interviewed since, by the way, and she said that the accent that Julie is doing in Avenda Anna is so annoying, and obviously that's not her. And it's insufferable. Your impression is of the show accent, not the real accent. Correct. Got it. And you've scaled back on that because, as you mentioned, your daughter was then doing it. Well, yeah, my daughter's throwing Monopoly money in the air going, you're puh. <laughs> okay, to so friends. was that a denial that you were not dealing with anything related to Anna Delvey on your day off yesterday? I was moving. Uh-huh. We closed on our house okay. and I was moving. A year ago, and I believe it was War Wyatt who pointed this out, a year ago this week, you know what tomorrow is? St. Patrick's Day. Ah, yes. Was that, what was that? A little luck of the Irish, huh? Oof. That's, that's, let's, let's try to work on Where that. Where is me pot of gold? Dan is ready to walk out. That's like Paul Rudd and I love you, man, but he tries to do Irish, but he's <laughs> actually doing like Jamaican accent. <laughs> that is, that is cookie to a T. Well, you often say when I try to do my Irish accent, it turns into a pirate. It does. Yes. Cause you're, you're like, ar, ar me gold. I'm like, that's not an Irish person. That's just a pirate. I'll work on it because tomorrow... Um, I'll be back for tomorrow's home stretch, mm-hmm. taking you, a break. Yeah, you're you're boycotting today's, obviously, but you'll be back tomorrow. But the question is, as War Wyatt noted, last year 
on or around St. Patrick's Day, you were mysteriously absent. And we know people tend to get a little carried away this week, whether they're Irish or not, with the booze. And maybe that explains what you were up to yesterday. Jeez, he has a memory on him. Yeah. Doesn't he? So if we put all of these together, you were not closing on your house. You were horribly hungover from your St. Patrick's Day revelry while protesting the deportation of Anna Delvey while feeling shame from your previous oversharing on the Monday homestretch. Apparently it was a rough day for me yesterday. Well, th- this is just the working theory. None of it. None of it's true. But okay, I, I that's did... a full and categorical denial from Cookie and her spokespeople. I did feel shame about George. I'm not speaking about that. That was the last you'll hear about him. I'm not speaking about him anymore. When I told that's my husband that I brought up George, he he put his hands in his head and said, "Oh, Cookie, no." Yeah. By if the way, people don't know who George is. They can get acquainted with nope. that fictional character nope. by going to the Monday home stretch. It'll be on Bonus Benson no, no, it this won't. weekend on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep, GuyBensonShow.com. Speaking of Cookie, the Verizon guy was hooking up our cable yesterday, and my husband screamed out, Cookie, you know, do something or whatever. And he looks at me, he's like, cool name you got, Cookie. <laughs> I said, that's not my real name. <laughs> said, I like it. He's like, can I call you Cookie now? Good. That's a callback to one of their commercials. They're not a sponsor here, although I do use their uh, their network. Which brings us, total non sequitur, to something we discussed on Gutfeld last night. There was a personality, I guess, survey or test that they sent all the guests. They want us to take it. And the point was to determine whether you are an easy or difficult person to get along with. And just for a sense, there were a lot of questions. There were a few dozen questions. And then they gave you a final score and different, like there were seven different categories where you could potentially be difficult or easy. Quiet, Wyatt, can you just read two or three questions that were representative of the type of thing that we had to answer, just so people can get a sense of it? Okay, so one of them is... I keep track of sensitive information that could be used to hurt people at a later time. Okay. So like, and then you have to say like strongly agree, somewhat agree, neutral, somewhat disagree, or strongly disagree. So do you keep basically dossiers on people to have evidence to use against them in the future should you need to do so? That's one question. I did a strong disagree on that one. I I don't have the time or the bandwidth to do this type of thing, but some people do. All right, so that's one question. Yes. Another question is, others have told me I am a hothead. Okay. And that would be also a hard no from me, but that's speaking only for myself. Maybe give us one more. People do what I want them to do because they are afraid of me. Mm-hmm. The fear factor. Uh, so I think it's clear that here at the show, the person who engenders the most raw fear is Wyatt, obviously. I mean, it's just it's imposing. It's scary, frankly. Um, and Wyatt, I hope you're doing some introspection as you answer these questions. But as it turns out, I believe it's roughly a scale of 1 to 10. One, or Sorry, 1 to 100, right? 1 being you're the easiest person in the world to deal with. 100 being you are off the charts difficult. So the goal is to have a lower number. So my number, when I answered all the questions, was 31, 31%. And it tells me, the computer tells me, you are an easy person to get along with. And I think that's basically correct. I think I'm a pretty easy person to get along with. I think the key here, honestly, would be to have friends, family, and coworkers take this test about you to get a more honest assessment because you're trying to self-assess here. So you might sort of sandpaper some of the rough edges in your own mind. You might want to sort of, I don't know, go easy on yourself, airbrush a few things. But I think I was pretty honest and I ended up with a 31 saying I'm an easy person to get along with. And I was easier than anyone else on set last night, except for Tyrus, according to him. I'm just saying. He said, like, he's the easiest person to get along with, says Tyrus. I don't know. But the speculation also was that maybe he seems 
easygoing in his own mind because people actually are terrified of him because he is an absolutely enormous mountain of a human being, right? So people don't pick fights with him because it would be very dumb for them to do that. In any case, Greg refused to take the survey. And he said he just knows. He's like, I'm an awful person. I would have a terrible score on this thing. Cat was second highest, then Charles Payne, then me, then, again, allegedly, Tyrus. So I'm a 31, and of the categories where you might be problematic or difficult, here they are, callousness, risk-taking, dominance, manipulativeness, suspicion, aggression, and grandiosity. I was least difficult in the aggression category. I'm a very non-aggressive person. And I was most problematic in the realm of grandiosity, which I think, and I saw, I wasn't like off the charts or anything, but I was apparently a bit grandiose. But in fairness, I am an on-air personality in media. I think we all are a little bit enamored of ourselves more than we should be. I think that sort of comes with the territory here. You just got to keep it in check and be, uh, keep it real. Self-awareness is always a good thing. So that was my score, 31. Wyatt, you took this test. I am going to guess that you were even easier to get along with. If I had to guess, I could be wrong. What was your score? I'm I'm in like embarrassed now. I don't even know what I should say. But I just took it, and it's I'm a 45. Whoa. Now, would you have gotten a 45 a month ago before the war? <laughs> Has the war changed you? As War Wyatt, it I, honestly it could have. I I mean I think you guys would probably say that, but I think a forty five. What I'm, was your biggest uh, your biggest flaw category? Um, I guess grandiosity, if that makes sense. It could be not risk taking. Risk taking is my absolute lowest. <laughs> that it's, is it's small. That checks out. That checks out. Okay, wow. Okay, so why it's a forty five? I'm a thirty one. Dan. I was surprised at mine. Mine's a somewhat difficult person to get along with at huh. 43%. Ooh, 43 and a half. But still easier than Wyatt. That's according, true. And again, this is science, ladies and gentlemen. There, It's flawless. There's no disputing this. You're at 43. What was your most difficult category and what was your best, quote, category? Highest category was aggression, which I'm a pretty even keel person, no, so I don't agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I don't that. get that. Kind of like a gentle giant with a deep yeah. voice. When I have to be, I guess it, it comes there out. Must have, you must have answered some questions in yeah. an aggressive way, though. I might have clicked the button harder than others. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, callousness was my lowest one. Okay. So you're empathetic. Yeah. Yes. Thoughtful, but aggressive. I agree with that. All right. Christine, I know you were not wishing to participate today, but that ship has sailed. Hmm. Um, how'd you do on this one? How'd you do on the old test? Actually, surprisingly, very well. 40%. I'm a pretty 40. easygoing person. So you you are second only to me mm. in the easygoing category and here. I'm sorry. You don't believe me, do you? I, I Well, no, I believe that that is what you believe about yourself. <laughs> I that's, do it. That's what I believe. I also am now questioning the science, and I'm wondering, has the science changed? Because the idea that you are easier to get along with than Dan or, or Wyatt, I don't know, although... I will say this, you are very charming and fun, and when people meet you, they like you. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, that producer of yours is a firecracker. She's fun. That is true. And the question isn't, are you easy to work with? The question is, are you easy to get along with? Those are not necessarily the same thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back it up a little bit then. I'm difficult to work with? I'm not saying that. And in fairness... If we were to do the airing of grievances right now, there's not nearly enough time because we're out of time. I mean, we would need, I mean, Bill Barr I had for a full hour. We would need a Festivus show where we would do all the grievances for three hours here. And then maybe you could, you know, make a few constructive adjustments. No, I, in all seriousness, I think we're a very easy group to get along with. I do. I also I have to say, though, they're right because my highest score was an aggression mm. and that makes sense yeah the way you go after guests and if they don't email you back within four minutes guest people text anybody that message disagrees with me and a phone number we were actually 
recounting how you were calling someone repeatedly in a hospital bed. Yeah, the ICU. That was a thing that you did once. But I got him. So uh, <laughs> you did. See? So aggression is number one. Mm. And then what's your best category? Oh, uh, callousness. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I'm also a huge people pleaser. I like to like do things for people and make their lives, you know, easier. Yes, often, yes. <laughs> um, can we get Bobby? We have Bobby on the line. No, just okay. kidding. <laughs> Excluding Bobby. Uh, we got to run, but this was fun. And I now I'm questioning, was I too easy on myself? Being 31, being nine whole points easier than anyone else on this team? I don't know. Then again, I don't think I have a reputation of being a difficult person in general. So you know what? I'm going to go with it. It makes me feel good. I'm going to go with it. On Kennedy tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern with the lady herself back here tomorrow, but from D.C. on the radio. It's The Guy Benson Show. Have a fantastic evening. Hi, mateys. May the wind always be at your back. May the sunshine warm upon your face. May Sinead O'Connor be always in your headphones. And may your stomach be full of lucky charms. Home stretch on the Guy Benson show on this St. Patrick's Day. And that type of high quality content is available every day for free on our podcast at guybensonshow.com or foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcast. And how could you resist that? Including bonus Benson on the weekends. That was Cookie, I guess, channeling a leprechaun or her Irish accent, which sounds an awful lot like a pirate, and sometimes sort of bleeds over into Jamaican territory, wanting to celebrate this day with all of you. And you would think if she had a better, more effective spirit animal that she conjures during her hypnosis, they might counsel her not to do things like that in public. But I guess George is just kind of loosey-goosey kind of guy. And therefore, we get performances like that from producer Christine. Happy St. Patrick's Day, producer Christine. I know that you're Italian, allegedly. Um, but based on your food tastes and a few other things, I think deep down, genetics aside, you're an Irish girl. Well, don't forget, Judgy Joyce is Irish, eh? Oh, so you're... We're still doing this. Is that what's happening? I'm done. Um, okay. That was just Thank a little. You. Cookie just gave a little Irish slash cookie blessing for our audience. You know, I I heard that. I think we all we all got that. Um, please send. This is where we need Christine to have her own Twitter feed because I want to direct offended audience members to somewhere where they can voice their pleasure or displeasure with Christine. That is not showing up on our social media because poor quiet white is the one who has to monitor that stuff it's not christine she barely knows what a computer is so you know if you're if you're tweeting at us or following us on instagram at guy benson show christine almost never sees that stuff i feel like cookie needs her own twitter feed and you've threatened to do this before christine i think it might be time all right well we will how about tomorrow how about if War Wyatt allows it? Because I think he was disgusted when he when we were editing things before the show and he heard my Irish blessing. He he wasn't a fan at all. So we'll discuss with him tomorrow in the meeting. But maybe we can talk about this on home stretch and we can finally set me up with a uh, twi- is it Twitter feed, Twitter account, yeah, a Twitter account, a Twitter account. We have to think about the handle. We have to think about what kind of emojis you might use. Uh, we can, yes, we can perhaps discuss that tomorrow, and then we can ascend folks that way. Because there are probably Irish Americans listening right now who are underwhelmed by that impression. In fact, I have heard from some of our listeners in Ireland. So God knows what they're going to think about this. And I would love to just be like, oh, yeah, uh, feel free to reply at, you know, whatever, Kremlin Cookie or whatever the handle might be. And then people, the people can have their say. I think that seems fair. Uh, you guys were commuting into New York. You and Dan were commuting into the city today. I was commuting out of the city to get back to Washington, D.C. And I think what we all saw was Midtown Manhattan filled with people wearing green. It was not a particularly nice day in New York. 
And it did appear to me that some of these folks were arriving, for example, in Penn Station in New York, having already indulged perhaps in some alcoholic beverage consumption. And this was at like 10 a.m. Does that sound right, Christine? How many beers did you have on the train this morning? I, I as you know, I'm not a day drinker, so none. Mm. Plus the bosses, you know, a while back said. Do I know that? I'm sorry. That you just, uh, you are in, in court, I would object. And I would say she's asserting facts, not in evidence. I do not know that you're not a day drinker. In fact, I would speculate otherwise. I, I'm really not. I'm not. I'm not a big day drinker, but not a big one. I think from time to time, though. Yes, from time to time. For example, for example, now that I'm remembering this, you once said, "Oh no!" During the teeth of the pandemic, I think we did a topic where we we're saying, "What is the first thing you would want to do when things get back to normal?" And we had people calling in, "Oh, I want to go see my kids. I want to go to a big meal in a restaurant." Your answer was, "You wanted to go during the day." into a dark bar and order cocktails in a dark bar during daylight hours. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, but that's, it's not necessarily about the day drinking. I want to, I just want the optics of like being bright and sunny and me going into like the darkest bar ever and just drinking, you know, Mm. you could be like. That is by definition day drinking, what you just described. (sighs) I guess, yeah. Being your, yes, your number one fantasy during COVID. Yes, and I would I just like to note. That. I would like to note that's a pretty good callback on my part, but it's nothing compared to the archives that War Wyatt has. Because we were discussing yesterday the personality quiz, and people can go back and listen to the home stretch on the podcast. It'll be on Bonus Benson. This personality quiz: How easy are you to get along with? And Wyatt, based on this science, on his own self-assessment, out of the four of people on this team on the air. Wyatt was the least easy person to get along with in his own test. And one of the metrics on the test was, do you basically keep a memory bank of stuff to use against people? And I think Quiet Wyatt keeps extremely rigorous notes. He is uh, very, very careful. He, he develops binders filled with dossiers about each of us. And, Christine, you should see the stack of binders he has just about you. I mean, it, it almost goes to the ceiling. So that's why he was able to pull out yesterday uh, the example that you were mysteriously, quote, out sick or something on St. Patrick's Day last year. That was right there in the binder. And he does his research overnight when he has his inflatable mattress and his uh, his sleeping bag here in the studio during the war. I have to say right now, I, I would tend to agree with all of that about War Wyatt. Yeah. And I did yeah. call War Wyatt this afternoon and— politely said i i need my yy back this this is this can't keep going see Wyatt right now has his normal cell phone and then he has a red hotline that lights up red and it makes like a uh, 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 sound effect in case there's very important news right like that's like you know the kremlin's calling although i think you have one of those in your house too cookie in any case in any case uh how much drunkenness did you see in new york from the people this morning like prior to noon, a little bit, right? I saw some today for sure. I definitely saw um, the woohoo girls. You know, they were all in their cable knit cream sweaters, but then they had, you know, all the, they. a lot of people, which I love, I is the necklace with the shot glass attached to it. Sometimes. Oh, it's uh, very efficient because then you can't lose it, right? You, you're you likely to lose your shot glass in the course of a uh, stumbling day of St. Patrick's Day drinking, and so you just have it physically attached to your body. I mean, it's genius. Genius. Um, they had all, you know, the St. Patty's glasses, the hats, the light-ups, you know, and then the beers in the ba- paper bag. They were ready to go. And I'm telling you, I wish I was friends with those girls. It would have been nice. We would have had Did you time. consider calling out like, oh, I've I've become sick uh, on the train and Megan, Megan's hurt and uh, the, the apartment flooded. So sorry. Uh, you know, War Wyatt can produce a show, and then you're just off for a day on the town with these woo girls. I have a feeling none of you would have believed it, especially War Wyatt, and I don't need that in the oh, dossier. Oh, none of us would have believed it, but but you still, well, the, I mean, you're cooked already. The dossier, I mean, at this point, it's just like if there were ever a show trial, yeah, it would be over. I, I mean, it would, <laughs> it, would take, it would take an hour at most, uh, unanimous conviction by the jury of one. 
War Wyatt. He's he's judge, jury, and executioner in this scenario. But I think you at least considered it. You you looked at them longingly on the train with their very inconspicuous paper bag drinks at 10 in the morning or earlier, right, 9 in the morning, and you were like, ugh, maybe I should just break free and go with them. They they looked like they were setting themselves up for a very nice day. It was definitely I, a lot I'm older. I'm not sure about that. If you are drinking in the morning, those days rarely end well. So the only thing I could say about day drinking is they, those people are probably going to be passed out by 5 p.m. tonight. So they're going to get a solid, you know, 12, 13 hours of sleep. Yeah, but assuming that they have a place to sleep, because if they're <laughs> commuting into the city for a bunch of drinking, they have to get back to wherever they're from. And when you start getting really tired or whatever, like you might not be where you want to be, such as the comfort of your own bed. Yeah, I've been there. I know that. I just want, before we go, I just need to know, <laughs> many a time, I just need to know, does War Wyatt take off? Wyatt, Wyatt is taking a note, by the way, after that. Many a time. <laughs> many, many In direct quotes. You file that one away. Go ahead. Does he take his war hat off tonight, and does he go out for St. Patty's Day, or is it we just don't, we're not celebrating any holidays right now? Well, Christine, I'm a little upset that you didn't mention. I'm just going to deflect from that question, since they're on the record. I'm going to deflect and say, why didn't you order the inflatable Irish pub venue to come to your house for um, this holiday? Did you see I sent that story the other day? So you could, you, It's an inflatable, but she lives in an apartment now. That's why. She can't. She can't do the inflatables anymore because she doesn't live in a house and she doesn't have a yard that she can control anymore. That's the reality. Now, what I might do, I might have one beer this evening colored green or maybe i'll just wait till tomorrow i'm trying not to drink on weekdays i'm like back to that they'll they'll put some green food coloring in a beer tomorrow on the 18th won't they that's my goal that's how i will celebrate this holiday that i don't really celebrate by the way we teased before this segment a a survey a different survey about when people eat dinner and we're gonna have a whole conversation about it and it was a map of Europe, people eating early at like 4 p.m. for dinner in Norway or 9.30 p.m. in Spain. Uh, we have no time for that. We spent all of this nonsense segment on other things, and that whole conversation either has to be put on hold or discarded altogether. So I'll say this. Dinner time in my book ideally is like 7.30 or 8. And that's the final answer and the final word. On The Guy Benson Show, back here tomorrow for the Friday edition. Have a great night. Talking about the issues you care about. Guy Benson. It's an extended home stretch here on the Guy Benson Show. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break it up into a short segment now and a longer segment next because there's some business here at the show that we need to get to in the next segment, the real home stretch. We'll explain that in a moment. But before we get to that, producer Christine was all riled up about something. I know, very out of character, right? She apparently has some gripes and grievances that she wants to air with War Wyatt who she is increasingly treating kind of with some resentment, but as her boss at the same time. And I think just openly airing these grievances for the whole country to hear is an excellent form of leadership. It's great management, definitely indication of a healthy culture here at the show. Uh, so, Christine, w what is your issue with Quiet Wyatt? Just why, why the clown minding his own business? That's the thing. I want to go back to that Wyatt, the why, why the clown Wyatt, the nice Wyatt, the not... Uh, judging me on every booking and every segment like I'm just a disgrace to him. Oh, that, that seems a little strong. And by the way, you should be used to it. You call your own mother Judgy Joyce. I think that's why it's triggering me. That's mm. something we can talk about next segment about, you know, mm. some issues I've had as a child. In, in the past, mm -hmm. yeah. Some yes. things that have haunted you for years. But I do have to say one thing. Uh, yesterday, because I have to run bookings by Wyatt, I uh, called down to the D.C. desk to run something by him, and he did not answer. And then he texted me, and he said, I'm here. Call me back. So I did, and he said, uh, I'm sorry I didn't answer the phone, but I was blasting out reading the Wall Street Journal. And I said, what, what, what do you mean? And he goes, sometimes when I need to really concentrate, I put my headphones on and blast music as loud as it can to drown out anything else, and then I read the Wall Street Journal from cover to cover. 
And I said, what are you blasting there? Like Beethoven, Bach, what's happening? And he said, no, <laughs> he blasts Van Halen, he said, as wow. he's reading the Wall Street Journal. What is your go-to Van Halen song, Quiet? Well, I, that was just yesterday. And it just it's whatever comes up on my on my playlist. So that's what was blasting yesterday. Van Halen, I think what jump, jump. That's... Oh, that's a, a big one. Running with the devil. I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah, Van Halen, very 80s. I'm actually a little and, and like late 70s too, I believe. Jump being maybe their most famous song, even though it was out of character with some of their other rock. But you were blasting Van Halen, reading the journal. Ignoring Christine, that's like your little private moment of zen. Even Cookie can't disrupt your peace under those circumstances. I get it. How does one concentrate reading? I mean, if I was to read the Wall Street Journal, and I don't, from cover to cover, I would feel like I would need complete silence, not listening to, you know, Sammy Hagar in my head. Some people need music to concentrate, even if they are reading or writing. I am not that way. And if there is music, if it has lyrics, that is extra distracting. Yes. But people's brains are wired differently, and in some cases, like Christine's, very differently. Wait, and but, that's, that's okay. But you and I are the same. You and I are wired the same, it well, sounds like. In this, in this one way. You were also complaining, and we have to break here, you were complaining that Wyatt, I guess, joined some friends at a bar for St. Patrick's Day but didn't drink, and you were shocked by this. But, like, he's war Wyatt. There's a war happening at any moment, there could be breaking news. He cannot be under the influence. He's just someone who takes his job seriously. Something maybe you should take some notes, Christine. I'm you know, just saying. On that note, we've got to go because we've got a longer home stretch segment coming up next where Dan, the fourth member of our team, rarely heard from, but not today, he has a lot of questions. He wants to channel his inner curious Christine, and he will do so right after this. Home stretch on this Friday on the Guy Benson Show. Thank you all for being here. Happy almost weekend. We're almost there together. And this is the home part of the home stretch, finally. And we want to remind you before we get into the meat of it that you can catch the entire show every day, all week long, for free. Every segment, totally free of charge, on demand on our podcast. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcasts.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the newest member of our team really isn't that new to the show anymore. He's been here. How long have you been here, Dan? Months. Uh, six months, almost exactly. So almost half a year for Dan, two-a-days, who runs the board. He's our engineer, and he has fit right in here with the team. But he was mentioning the other day that there are some inside jokes or at least inside references that he hears from time to time and they are baffling to him. He hasn't been able to pick up really on context clues what the hell we're talking about. And so you're all very familiar with Curious Christine. Here we have Dubious Dan, who would like to know a few things. And we figured we would give him an opportunity to air those questions. And then I would do my best, along with producer Christine, to bring him up to speed. And possibly some of you as well, if you started listening to the show in the last, let's say, six months to a year. And occasionally you hear references and you're like, what is that? This is maybe an opportunity to clear some of that up. So, Dan, we only have so much time here, but let's get rolling. Okay, well, thank you for letting me do this because I've been very, very curious um, about a few things. To start off the list, I have hot dog costume. I think this is a reference to something with Cookie, but I'm not you, sure. You are correct. That is a very good, smart thing to surmise. Producer Christine can tell the story, except if I let her do that, we will run out of time. For the rest of the segment, the short story version is back when she was working as a producer on a previous show, she lost a bet and had to wear a hot dog costume in the streets of New York and go around interviewing people or talking to people. And she talks about this as if it were a grave embarrassment, but she mentions it to basically everyone she meets and shows the photo of herself. So I think that not so secretly, she actually loves this experience. She reveled in it and she would like to lose that bet again. And maybe take up, you know, a side hustle in Times Square or something, taking photos with people in her hot dog costume. Does that sound about right, Christine? Not really. I don't revel in it. I'm not, I wasn't that excited to stand in the middle of Times Square with hot dogs in my hand in a hot dog costume and ask if anybody wanted my wiener. But I lost a bet and I always pay. <laughs> it's true, Dan. 
I always pay my bets. <laughs> you do not, actually. Yeah, I, of course I do. You do not because you still owe us French onion soup. I did. That. I did. I did. I had You did it. not, yes, and that's yes. a lie. Mm-hmm. And War Wyatt will march up to New York from D.C. and, I don't know, declare martial law or perform a citizen's arrest on you for that flagrant untruth. You still owe us that one for getting the thing about Hillary Clinton wrong. You need to eat French onion soup. All right, Dan, back to you. Well, so that was my next one was French onion soup. So that kind of explains that one. It was just a yeah, lost she bet. she predicted on the air in 2019, I want to say that Hillary Clinton was going to run for president again in 2020. And I thought she would not. So we made a bet. And if Christine lost the bet and Hillary Clinton did not run for president in 2020, she would have to eat French onion soup, which she hates for some reason. And she never did. She did. has she, no, like we all know that she's lying. Uh, I hope, Christine, that your daughter isn't listening because I think we teach our children collectively not to lie. That's what her mother's doing right here. You need to eat French onion soup because you lost the bet fair and square. Dan, back to you. Okay, so this next one is just two words, and I've heard it thrown around a couple times, and that is truck driver. And I have no idea what this is a reference to. Want to take this one, Christine? <laughs> um. I- I don't know. It was one of those home stretches where we went off on a tangent and Guy... That's not narrowing it down at all. I actually don't remember how we decided that I was going to be a long-haul truck driver Mm -hmm. shipping wine, right? Something like that. And you were going to... I believe this story, because this is is a deep pull, but I believe this story involved you being constantly distracted by children or hoping that there are children in passing cars doing the honk the horn oh, yes. like hand gesture <laughs> and you were so obsessed with that that you would eventually jackknife this tractor trailer spilling mama's juice everywhere losing the company tons of money and getting a bunch of like animals drunk right i believe that was the the gist of it and you said you could have had a vision of me with a straw <laughs> just running around yes running around like well it can't go to waste it can't go to waste Yes, the, there that is. Back to you, Dan. Okay, this next one is uh, time relevant because of Cookie selling her house. So this next one is Eyesore Lane. I've heard it a few times, and I would like an explanation. Yeah, so that is the street on which she used to live until this past Tuesday when she closed on that property and moved to a rental property to apartments. I have never been to Eyesore Lane. I was never invited, actually. But the way that it got that moniker from me was Christine got increasingly aggressive with her inflatables for various holidays where she would blow up eyesores on her front lawn. And, uh. you know, it's it's one of those. And look, some people like it. It is not my particular taste, especially if they're deflated during the day, which just looks bad, like a, like a dead deflated Santa and all of his massacred reindeers. Like there was a drive-by shooting all day long, <laughs> and then they get inflated at night and whatever. But she said a few other people, for some reason, on that street were inspired by this decor choice, and they started doing inflatables. So I'm like, well, this is just eyesore lane altogether. Dan, you know how uh, some people become Instagram influencers? Yes. I have become an inflatable influencer. Once the 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 neighborhood saw how pretty and how festive my front yard was with inflatable deer, inflatable Santas, like the candy canes. All of a sudden, my next door neighbor has inflatable. Their so next door neighbor has an inflatable. You're saying that you're a Kardashian of inflatables. I mean, I'm. I, I don't think it would just be me. I would, many would probably say that. Uh huh. Has big inflatable the industry paid for anything? Like, have you gotten any? benefits from this not yet and that's probably yeah but you know i don't still waiting on that i can't be bought okay that's another thing yes you can Hmm. well one follow-up to that how long did you leave these decorations up is the question okay so i'll take this one guy um i believe holidays kind of flow into the next there's really no break so by the end of august fall decor is up by uh november 1st Christmas decor is up by January 2nd, Valentine's, and so on and so on. This is a source of a great deal of disagreement on this show every year. And so imagine having gross Christmas inflatables assaulting your eyes like the first week of November. That's just insult to injury right there. Back to you, Dan. Okay. So this one was kind of more recent that I heard, and I just laugh 
looking at this on my list right now and is mugged by a mime i believe it's in france or something <laughs> yeah this is also nature. in yes cookie as a child i forgot exactly how old she was but cookie 16 went to, I, all right so she, so she was a teenager she went with her school trip to france and on that school trip in paris she was robbed by a mime in broad daylight and it is as hilarious as it sounds. I am bringing... Or, or, or doesn't sound because, you know, mimes. I'm bringing awareness because, you know, you think they're cute, you think they're talented, <laughs> but they're going to come up behind you and steal your money. Yeah, so. they're, in, they're in an invisible box. Oh, no, I can't get out. Oh, wait, they're reaching for something. It's a gun. Give me your money. I just but they, to... but they, how do they How do they demand your money? Were they sort of like doing the money symbol, like rubbing their fingers together? Or did they just take it? Just took it. Yeah. I yeah. don't even want to go there because it was such a nightmare. I mean, imagine being in another country and being robbed by a mime <laughs> and having to explain this to your parents. And yeah. it's like three in the morning their time. It, I, I, don't, I don't know. You probably need to work through that with your various, you've got like a whole retinue of psychics and spirit animals and hypnotists and all those people, mediums. I don't you know. Might I, wanna... I have like... A, it's okay. I have a hypnosis instructor. I have uh, a psychic, an actual therapist, and a psychiatrist. It's not a ton of people. Well, and your spirit animal that you met during the hypnosis. My angel. Yeah, and you want to get a medium. So, I mean, th- the point is you've got a whole entourage of, you know, people and non people who are helping, quote unquote, Cookie here. Um, and maybe this is maybe this is the root of some of this stuff. You're your traumatic mime experience uh, in Paris. Back to you, Dan. Well, George was something I didn't know I needed to learn about, but apparently I did. So now we know that. Oh, that was a new one for me, too. You and I learned about that one in real time together this week. (laughs) Okay. So rounding off the list, I think this kind of is the last one here. Aerobics instructor. I know it has to do something (laughs) with being a spy Mm -hmm. or something. It was kind of the first thing I heard when I started here. And um, a long-running joke, so if someone can explain. Yeah, so notice just for the record, he has not asked about Carousel because everyone knows about Carousel. Christine's pony as a child that she rejected and had killed. And so I think that I just wanted to, like, put that out there. That's just—now you're lying. Now you're lying. I never killed the pony. You you didn't kill the pony, but you did sort of like the slitting throat motion with your finger, and Carousel ended up— in a landfill in Staten Island. That is that is where Carousel is, off in the great golden corral in the sky. But that was not the question here. The question was about the aerobics thing. So it's not aerobics instructor. This is an aerobics champion. So in the late 80s, there was this, I guess, competitive aerobics competition show that was a thing for a while. You might see the gif from time to time of 80s people in aerobics gear, like all running out and clapping at the same time or, like, dancing in very elaborate uh, choreography and all of that. So we decided, because there was one who really looked quite, quite familiar, and I did some digging, and I just came to the conclusion this was what producer Christine did early in her life. She was a competitive aerobics champion, and she presented herself as All-American. She was in these big performances that were aired, I guess, on national television back then. But this was part of her cover as an illegal, not in the illegal immigrants side of things, but what the Soviets used to call their deep cover agents, illegal agents that they would put into America, fully briefed on how to act American, right? They were basically trained to totally assimilate in a way that no one could tell the difference between them and just a natural born and raised American. And so we believe that she was trained as an aerobics champion in Siberia or somewhere over there. She was a KGB plant. She came to America and was carrying out her espionage with a giant grin on her face while doing aerobics on TV. And I I don't quite remember how we came to this conclusion or whether or not the timeline fully makes sense because Christine is somewhere between the ages of 40 and 60 right now. And so, like, for, to, for her to have been a certain age back in the 80s, I don't know if the math works out, but that is the truth. Have you ever seen these videos, Dan? Do we have to send you? I have. I have okay. with the headbands on and the tights and all that. Oh, that the whole yeah. shebang. And I there's a, actually a very catchy song 
that they would all come dancing out to, as a matter of fact. And maybe we need to find that. In fact, maybe we can bump out with that if we can find it. And we're basically out of time. Was that your last question? That was it. I'm very enlightened now. I learned yeah. a lot, and a lot you know. more makes sense. Are you slowly edging further and further away in your seat from Christine? I'm against the wall at this point. <laughs> you are. You, your eyes are wide. Christine, do you have any last rebuttals or points to make? You have mere seconds. I, I don't think so. I think the only thing we were missing, but Dan, I don't even know how we got to that. But at one point, you envisioned me as some sort of criminal who hides in bounce castles. Remember? Oh, yes. Yes. And the police had to come and they were telling there was like a standoff. They were telling you to get out and come out of the bounce castle and you refused. I, I don't remember the backdrop to that story. Maybe you can go back into the archive or just ask War White. He can go to his binders. He's got a file on all of us. I'm sure he can tell us uh, within seconds. He's got a very secure and efficient system. And on that completely normal and not strange note at all, we're done for the week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy. I'm on Fox News Sunday on Sunday morning. Back here on the radio Monday for more of the Guy Benson Show. Bonus Benson, GuyBensonShow.com. There's the song. Have a great night. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.